Meteorologist Joe Bastardi here. The American Storm podcast is uh, being recorded again. This is episode six. And, of course, we've got uh, Jeff Byers here, the voice of everything that is important in Penn State, unless, of course, Penn State wins. If Penn State wins this weekend, that's going to be that's going to elevate the football team into an area. I'm not going to say comparable to wrestling because we've got like 14 national titles or whatever in the last 12 years, but uh, they're getting up there. And the American girl, the voice of common sense <laughs> from the female part of our listenership. I'm not sure. It's Jesse Bastardi. Hello. Hello. So anyway, Ohio State hate week. That's what? Ohio State hate week. You know, we used to sing, when I was in college, we go, liquidate Ohio State and humble Woody Hayes. And I guess the first time. I humble could, Ryan Day. Is yeah, that his well, name, Ryan? Okay. We're, the first, I can still remember the first time, you know, those guys never lifted weights back in the 70s. Well, Bruce Clark and Matt Millen did when they came here. But Buttle and uh, Giotto and all those other guys on the team. And one day I walk into the weight room, and there they are lifting. I said, what's going on? He goes, we just got the news. The big boys are on the schedule. <laughs> Ohio State was scheduled. Well, we, I think we lost 12 to 6 the first time we played them. Uh, but uh, 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 in any case, um, and, of course, this game is very important for my El Nino weather idea. That I was thinking about that today. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I actually <laughs> responded to James Franklin. Did you? Did he yeah, like, I, I um, saw a tweet I, by him. I said, James, don't, you got the weather on your side. And when you have the weather on your side, uh, look out. But, uh, yeah, this is the first big test. Personally, I believe we're just better. We're a better team than them. I really do. You know, I was. I know this is supposed to be about weather, but, you know, another book I'm working on is how football affects the weather, or is it how weather affects football? I can't remember which one. <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, but I was – I was thinking of all this stuff. So I'm coming out of church yesterday. I have ESPN College football on. Some guy calls in from Iowa, and he's just ranting and raving about how Iowa's going to play their way into the national championship. And I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, Penn State beat you 31 to nothing, right? And uh, 31-0, the difference between Penn State in Iowa in football is night and day because what was he uh, saying? He said that Iowa's going to win out, then win the Big Ten oh, and go into the out. national championship. Okay. Right now, they may very well win out in the West, right? But there are three teams in the East that are, are, are in my opinion, better than. Oh yeah, the Big Ten East. Uh, and, and you know, <laughs> I appreciate good defensive football. I've always liked good defense, and I like the kind of defensive football uh, Iowa's playing now. I do. Penn State plays. You it. mean the one that scores them zero points against well, Penn State? No, 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 defensive football. I know, but still, it's, you like RC Slocum was big on that at A and M. When you know, I do know that when uh, Jerry Sandusky was coaching, one of the things he used to drive Joe nuts was he could not stand the bend don't break defense. Where you know, Doug oh Flutie come in here and throw what for eight hundred yards. And uh, and Buddy Ryan was a lot like that. He couldn't stand uh, the fact that his defense would play their hearts out, and then the offense would come out and do whatever they were doing. But uh, this should be an interesting game. I think Penn State's the better football team, though. I I don't know if I've ever thought that over the past several years. I've thought we're catching up to them. And uh, again, the El Nino. 
Mm-hmm. The, we've got six El Nino analog years where Penn State was 68-2. and two. two of the losses were to Alabama, and one of them was the Sugar Bowl in 78 where they bounced the first touchdown pass, and we had to score four times to even score once. But any case, um, that's the opening today. Always look forward uh, to to seeing what Penn State can do when it plays in Ohio State University. No, so. and it's a new the game. Ohio so State making. University. Well, you know the, uh, uh, the one. What's thing the weather going to be like? Uh, it's going to be kind of cool. A few showers around. Temperatures of fifties, gusty northwest winds. You know, big typical noon. Big Ten fall fall weather. Um, I'm glad it's a noon game. If they, I hope they don't make Penn State Michigan a noon game, but. Yeah, I don't think they'll do that. I hope not. Why, I don't know about do this big it, Fox, that's a, that's big, Fox Big Noon. They're trying to make the noon spot a big thing, right? You would know about that more than me. You don't have to compete against, yeah, the, the other big games on the day. Well, what? Uh, well, I guess Tennessee-Alabama is a big game uh, coming up. Uh, see which team that beat on the Aggies mm-hmm. is going to uh, beat the beat the uh, other team. But football, yeah, I love football. I mean, for two reasons. One, I like football. For two, it gets me ready for wrestling, mm-hmm. which, of course, is very important. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the rest, of, it's interesting. The rest of the football season, as far as the weather goes, doesn't look all that bad yet. Although I am getting concerned that November could start causing some problems. Uh, but uh, because the El, the El Nino, the, the type of El Nino's kick again, and, you know, uh, it, it's it's really interesting for those of you who follow me on Weatherbell and been watching on Twitter. I have never never been so heavily invested in a forecast pattern as I am this winter and next hurricane season. The evolution of this uh, is formulated out of my whole climate hypotheses now as to what is driving the climate. And I'm going to get to that in a moment because. The Washington Post pulled a Casablanca, Louis Renault. You know who Louis Renault is, Jesse? You ever no. see Casa? He's a, he's the uh, he's the inspector who comes to go. I'm shocked, shocked. The gambling's going on in here. Well, <laughs> the Washington Post is expressing dismay that it's warming up so much, and it's mysterious. But it has to do with this whole idea I have about the cumulative buildup of heat uh, in the oceans from volcanic act- underwater volcanic activity. The uh, El Ninos that develop off that in response, mm-hmm. right? If you keep building something up, it has to try to respond to it. So it overflows. And then the big volcano went off last year. It was like a perfect storm. And, of course, we got the El Nino this year. So what happens is coming out of last winter and some of the things that happened last winter, late in March, I, said, I started looking at this. I said, okay, this is what we should see happen. And it is moving along those lines, and what, what's interesting about that is it could produce a severe coast-to-coast winter for the United States, not just the east and south. And we're talking about, like, in the 70s, where the whole country would be very, very like cold. Like Texas? Texas, yeah. I think already publicly, I told Ted Cruz I expected it to snow in Texas this year, mm-hmm. uh, although it always oh, yeah, snows someplace that. in Texas. But um, when we were down there uh, at Aggieland— but so anyway, I, I, I find myself, my, uh, my ego, uh, I don't know, selfishness uh, and uh, anger. I guess I'm angry. Um, <laughs> I get angry at 
No, but I get angry at people making comments about what I'm saying when I should not be angry at all because of the fact that what's the difference? As Kale Sanderson says, so what? In the end, we're going to find out what's right and what's wrong. Uh, But uh, I sort of hit the roof the past couple of days uh, with the Washington Post because they have totally ignored, totally ignored the natural forcing that's going on. And it seems... It seems to be obvious to me. Now, what should happen if I'm right is after this El Nino comes off, next year is a hurricane season from hell. Mm. The combination of 05, 17, and 20. Next year, very, very bad hurricane season. Now, you can imagine, you can, you can imagine what will happen. What's that, Jesse? That's perfect timing. Because if we have a really bad winter and then a really bad hurricane season, that is perfect timing for the left to have a climate emergency to run on well, that, yeah. next November. Well, I was going to make that point. Oh, really? That, Sorry. That, they're, they're, just got excited. If, I just got so get, excited. Okay. If you get a lot of snow and cold this winter, they're going to say, well, see, it's because of all the warmth in the Arctic, which we know that happens is blocking. And, you know, the reason that happens is it's the atmosphere fighting back. Yeah, people don't understand mm-hmm. that. Isn't that, it? Didn't Grandpa used to say that? It's like the it's like redistribution of water throughout the yeah. atmosphere well, or something. Well, yeah. What, what, what your grandfather used to say is that that uh, that uh, weather and climate were nature's way of searching for a balance that she can never actually have due to the nature of the system. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always going to be, you know, and then. Uh, nowadays, we get into Jordan Peterson with his chaos and control and uh, things like that. It's, it's funny how the thread of nature wor- the thread of nature works. But yeah, oh, that'd be exa- that'd be exactly right because a lot of times coming off El Ninos, if you go to the La Nina, not only you get the big hurricane season, but you you get it very very hot across the United States. This year was not hot across the United States. It was hot. In Texas, it was hot one month in Arizona. It was a very hot summer in Texas, of course. And there's no question. And Louisiana, very bad. Um, but much of the much of the United States, from California all the way to the East Coast, near normal, a bit below summer, right? Next mm-hmm. year, you're looking at something that will be used by these people. And here I am in October describing the setup for all this October 2023 right right so and this is what this is what this is what gets me mad and uh, you know uh, as you know uh, I mean I'm constantly in church you know uh, I'm in church wrestling with this stuff all the time saying that you cannot strive for recognition from men all you can do is try to do your job according to what God wants you to do. I, I, I believe that. But my first reaction is never that way. It's always, uh, it's always, and it's kind of weird in that, um, and, you know, this is kind of weird to be here on this podcast uh, sort of confessing to people that I have a lot of anger in me about what I'm seeing. My anger deals with the fact that all, not that people disagree, but they don't look like even the, even the situation with Hamas, all right, uh, and and what's going on there, uh, that all the facts are not presented. How many? What do we have? Twelve thousand people protesting at Penn. What's going on at Penn State? There were a whole bunch of people protesting over there, 
And just like with climate, just like with COVID, just like with everything, all right, no one looks at all the facts. Now, there are times I looked at facts and had to confront it and say, you know what, know something, Joe? You're not right about this, right? But I, I, think, I think today when I'm looking, the common linkage across the board is not looking at everything. It's very, very strange to me, all right? And uh, I think it has a lot to do with, uh, with what we're being taught today, the lack of questioning. Well, yeah. and I think there's an emotional component uh, to it, too, where people, uh, which actually is uh, all the more explanatory of, uh, of your anger, is, you know, if, if it is one thing if two people look at the same set of facts and come to different yeah, conclusions. Yeah, you have to have so all the facts. That can happen, right. But you have to have all the facts, and you can't let emotion or pre, uh, you know, prescribed thoughts dictate your reaction yeah. to stuff it can't be uh you know that hey i this is what i believe well here's a new set of facts this is additional information well i already know what i believe and therefore you can't be right and it feels like that's kind of where uh, we're at right now is that there's not even a willingness to okay well let me at least look at the at what you're presenting and see what's there and then again if if you can come back and say well yeah i see what's there i I see what you're saying but i think this fine but if it's that no i'm not gonna look at that because i already know what i think um well i also think think that's across the board i mean it's not just uh, i I think it's also that you people take uh entrench themselves in a position and they refuse to uh to look at uh, anything else that doesn't support their position. Let's say it's like, uh, okay, let's say my wife and I go out to eat and uh, we look at this menu and we have the menu in front of us. She says, well, I don't like this. And I said, well, don't eat it then, right? I like it. I'm going to eat it. But then if she says to me, you're stupid for eating that because you happen to, I'm like, what the, I'm, I'm not making, it's probably a bad example. I don't mean to bust on my wife like because but i i'm sitting there going if you have you have to at least have the entire menu in front of you then you could decide on what you're going to order but for goodness sakes just because you think something doesn't mean the other person has to think think the way you do and this is this is what's going on today this is what's going on today this there seems to be a, um, a basic dismissal of logic and common sense today, all right? Like, for instance, Jesse... I don't know if I agree with that, because if I was shown... Like, if I wasn't raised... What do you mean you don't agree with it? Ha, ha, funny. (laughs) If I was shown all of the data or the stuff that they show, like, I grew up in a household, like, you know, a household with you in it, and, like, we were interested in politics, and we're, uh, like, a household where you were encouraged to, like, question things and, like, go out and do your own research and... Uh, all that jazz. Um, if I was shown only the data that kids these days are shown, I would believe it too. So you're probably talking more from 
or not that I would believe it, but it was just like, yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense that the world, like the greenhouse gases and CO2, all that stuff makes sense. And yeah, we should be concerned, should be concerned about that. If I was only shown that, which they're showing kids my age, it's different, I guess, from the perspective of pe people in your field who choose to not look at all the data when they are scientists. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, I'm saying Because it's that, different like the masses who don't really know about climate. They're incapable they're incapable. Who's they? They. Uh, the, the, uh, the people on the other side of the issue, there are very few of them that are capable of changing their mind. For okay. Instance, remember That's when we were what in the discussion about, about Jacob, Israel, and, and Jesus? All right. Jesse, when? Jesse brought up this interesting thing that, that, uh, that Israel, I Israel is now, didn't you tell me Israel is the well, church? Jesus is Israel. the new Israel once he died yeah. on the cross. He's and the true Israel, essentially. Wait a minute. Uh, okay, I don't really believe that. And, and that, but when I start thinking about, it, I'm going to say uh, I agree with you now. But when I start thinking about it, I go, well, I certainly can see uh, that that. Le but uh, this is an extreme example. The point is that in our family, in the way I was brought up by my father, and uh, you know, it's maybe maybe it's because it's an Italian thing because. Uh, you know, and talking to uh, Joe's, Joe's son, Dave Paterno, who I know, when we used to talk all the time, he said there were always just unbelievable discussions around the dinner table in that family where opinions were coming out of all, all over the place. That is an old school thing. That seems to be gone now. Seems to be gone. And it's really, really leading to the problems you see today. I don't even think it's hostile sometimes. I think people just don't care. I think it takes a lot of effort to go out and do and to review what you believe. And uh, well, like I said, this is coming from a perspective of kids my age. I think kids, it's just easier to accept what you're be being told sometimes. Um, and it's also very hard to find accurate data nowadays. Just look at all the stuff coming out of Israel and Palestine and that whole war. It's like people were posting pictures of like awful things and then it turns out they're ai generated like you it's so hard now that is a whole new pandora's box that has just been opened when it comes to what's real and what's not real so it's very hard if you aren't I, I think it's very hard from someone who is not a scientific minded person like you have like you have nowhere to go to get proper data and you know what to look at and uh, people on the opposite side of the argument know what to look at but just for the general population who doesn't know too much about like the scientific side of and resources it's hard to know it's hard to do well, research sometimes nowadays there's, there's never there's uh, i think you'll agree with me here jeff and jesse there doesn't seem to be any consequences for being wrong. Now, I'm sensitive to that mm -hmm. because, you know, when I'm wrong, it's a real problem. Yeah, if I'm wrong enough, I'm going, to, I'm going to lose clients, mm -hmm. right? But, uh, you know, the Arctic ice cap was supposed to be gone. I mean, uh, then you hear them denying that. Or when I grew up in the 70s, no, 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 no one ever said an ice age was coming. That is total, uh, total crap. Leslie Stahl. In an argument with uh, former President Trump about the um, uh, the laptop, oh no, it's Russian dis. We know now that it's not, and yet they never, never get called on it. So it just fades into the past. Even the situation we had in 2011 here at Penn State with uh, Coach Paterno and Sandusky. There's so much new information has come out. Mm. I got people that are, are listening to this right now 
will say, oh, they'll turn it off right oh, yeah. now. That and was... I, I bring that up. Yeah. But again, if you look at the information and the logic, the logic, you could not understand how, for instance, uh, think about it, how a guy adopts six kids, fools everybody, and some yeah, old, even the federal government, who's old eighty-year-old guy, is supposed to know this. It doesn't make it doesn't make sense, does mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Well, and uh, to to pile on there with the in terms of no consequences, you know, and you know, full disclosure. And if you listen to our local show, I mean, we've uh, had John Ziegler on a, a number yeah. of times, yeah. and, and his research has been. Phenomenal, but I grew up a few houses down from Jerry Sandusky, and but I'm reading through the grand jury report when it first came out, and I'm like, oh my god, like I didn't know that a monster lived down the, the street because why would Mike McQuarrie make up seeing somebody, a, a boy getting anally penetrated? Well, it wasn't Mike McQuarrie that made it up, it was somebody that still has not been identified and still has had no consequences, flat out lied in the grand jury report. Mike McQuarrie never saw that, never told anybody he saw that, and yet that was in the grand jury report, and that really, that is was the key component that got the national reaction and got mm-hmm. the, the ball rolling there, and it was completely made up. But that, and that's what that's what I mean. No, okay. And yeah, in addition, no in addition, Penn State was literally forced to pay a ton of money, and and the reason they they were forced to pay that they also bent the knee and took down the statue they, they, and whatever because and if they jazz. kept resisting. I mean, it was almost like it was blackmail. None of those people, none of those people. Whether it's true or not, can possibly now change their story because they the, the, their whole life was based around that particular story. What I can't figure out is, you know, Garrett used to play play football. He would always go to Jerry's camps, and everybody uh, uh, and and you talk to guys that play defense under him. All right, people were like, "How the heck did he fool everybody?" Okay, well, that's what they do. They're good at it. I'm like. They're good at fooling child services so that they allowed them to adopt five or six. Yeah, there, was a, there have been, like, professional golfers. Like, I remember it was a national story Bubba. that Bubba Watson couldn't adopt a child. Like, he just couldn't – they couldn't get it through. Like, he couldn't get past – what is it, the background checks or something like that. It's like, a professional golfer who is world-renowned can't adopt a kid. But Jerry Sandusky, a supposed child predator, can adopt six kids. Like, yeah, see, th- this mm. is this is, okay. Get let's. And then Joe Paterno was supposed to be the guy who knew. Yeah, Joe. Joe was supposed to. <laughs> well, Joe. Uh, Joe. Joe uh, for goodness' sakes, I'd see Sue at OLV just coming. Gra- Joe would be sitting there talking to the little kids, and Sue would. Do, he didn't even know where he was half the time. He's, <laughs> just Sue would come and grab him. But here's my point: circling back to climate, mm. no one gets called on it. When did, when has anyone gotten called on this stuff? That the Earth is going into a climate optimum. I think we're in there now. I'm looking at this going, oh, okay, well, it's the warmest ever, supposedly. So what? Like, what's, oh, well, look, we had a flood over here, a flood over there. That happens every year, for goodness sakes. Yeah, that's a thing, too. I feel like this is the first time in history where you can actually know 
within an hour of it happening that there's a flood currently going on across the world. It's like in it's like in, in other times you weren't able to know that. Like you just didn't know, but now you can go on Twitter and know it within two seconds, and then you can know about a flood over here. You can know about a flood over here. You can know about a wildfire over here. You can know like it's just you can earthquake over here, hurricane coming over here, forty earth or tiny storms getting and, named. Like it's just crazy. And they, the the media is despicable and complicit. In the downfall of society, they they still have enough of a enough of a, a voice. Where I mean, I look look at the Guardian, AP. I look over here at uh, you know AccuWeather is all in for global warming. I, I yeah I don't know. You got to help me out uh, because every time I open my computer, a thing comes, a headline comes in, it just aggravates <laughs> me as soon as I'm looking. You got to get that thing off because I don't know why I'm getting that. You know, stuff like oh, a seal, Maybe baby be seals getting uh, clubbed to death because people want food from climate change. I'm like, what the <laughs> heck is this stuff going on? And it's across the board. The Washington Post, for goodness, this is the paper that s- searched out what happened with Richard Nixon. I can't even believe it. And you wonder why? Wonder how many? Uh, Oh, oh, you know, I made a, a, a crass comment on Twitter the other day about, wait a minute, don't lay off their climate people because they give me ammo to talk about. Can you imagine the Washington Post is laying off 10 percent of their um, staff staff? Right. Thanks. That was a hard word for me to remember. <laughs> right. They're laying off 10 percent of their staff. And I'm like. Oh, please don't let it be the climate people. <laughs> and what's really weird is they have this thing called the Capital Weather Gang, and they're pretty darn good. They're good meteorologists. They may disagree with me on global warming, but I look at some of the stuff they let the climate people put. I go, do you talk to these people about how nonsensical their position is? That, uh, uh, you know, the, the climate people over here, and apparently they don't consult with any of the weather people. I'm not sure how it works. But what if you go, if, let's say you're, you're running the Capital Weather Gang, okay, which is the ripoff from the, the Capital Gang, which I used to watch with William F. Buckley and Crossfire and all that stuff, right? But let's say you're running the Capital Weather Gang. How are you, how are you going, even if you thought I was right, there's no way you could admit that. You're, you'd be out the door the next morning. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, it didn't seems like I read that article by Steve Malloy about how China is building like China doesn't. It's like, OK, it's not an existential threat. Yeah, China, China. It's like fossil. It, not only is it OK, climate change is not an existential threat and f- fading out of fossil fuels within our lifetime is not even like they don't agree to that 2060 net zero rule anymore because they're like this. That isn't even possible. And but the thing is, too, China is upping electric electricity, like upping relying on the electric grid. But they're also upping. They're also creating coal powered plants like 130 something gigawatts, which is like a huge amount of global carbon fuel that they're like they're putting a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But well, the, the, the point is, they're doing it right. They're still using coal and then letting electric. Like, well, no, what they do is they're building nuclear power plants. Too. I know because they don't want to rely on imports right. from what so, was it, Russia so, but, and Saudi Arabia. But still, they're doing both. It's yeah. like don't you know? Instead of just completely shutting off coal and now, okay, go figure it out, electric. Ele- yeah, uh, yeah. Well, electric they, people. They're not. They're not, they're not trying to commit. Uh, national suicide, I which know is what not. I believe. <laughs> I, I, that's what, that's the other thing I don't understand. And uh, I'm going I'm going to cut this and go into the winter forecast real quick here. But why 
what has happened to this country where we have some kind of massive national guilt complex? What the heck is wrong? What the heck is wrong? I mean, why instead of guilt, why not gratitude? Well, I can tell you that as a kid growing up in school, you're just told that colonialism is bad and America took we took America from the natives and all this stuff and everything America has done is they don't really talk about exceptionalism anymore in any capacity at all. Uh, even I went to Catholic school and stuff, and even so, it was still. I mean, my high well, school the, was fine because it was, the, but still, the uh, the, the Pope, uh, you know, he's a big climate change buff anyway. Uh, well, I wanted to get in. Uh, we've been I've been ranting here. Mm-hmm. Just wait till next week, but uh, <laughs> especially if Penn State wins, the El Nino theory <laughs> continues to go. Yes, indeed. Um, I I want to get into the weather bell winter forecast. I've talked about briefly. There is potential for one heck of a winter this year. I want people to understand that. Now, right now, we have a winter comparable to the winter of 86, 87. When I blend everything together, and that was a, that was a pretty stout winter. It was centered in the mid-Atlantic states. But the danger of this winter is that someplace over land in the northern hemisphere is going to get a Tremendous amount of cold dumped into it as a countermeasure to what is going on. And I suspect it's the U.S. and Europe. Those are the two places I suspect. And uh, if, if, that, if that happens, there's going to be plenty of hardship this winter. And again, we'll be getting into the, uh, the blame game will start. That, well, the reason it's getting cold is because it's warm, which I, in reality is that's that's what does happen right if it's warm in one place it's going to be colder than another and if it would be nice if it's just nice and warm all over the place i mean you know but um the atmosphere is balancing out so go to weatherbell you can follow me on twitter uh you know i've been trying to make it clear it gets kind of frustrating because i'm seeing people follow the forecast in and again my ego gets in the way i'm saying you're simply saying what my company said you know, three, four, five months ago, right? Yeah. Including, I saw some guy, uh, some guy put out a forecast in late April that all he did was get the analogs that I had, uh, I put, I, I put together four analogs back in late March: fifty-seven, fifty-eight, sixty-five, sixty-six, oh two, oh three, oh nine, ten. Those were the initial analogs coming out last winter for this upcoming winter. And all he did was he put out he put out his own <laughs> forecast and he simply copied the snow amounts all blended together. Did you, and I'm like, what did you say? Did you say I, I, I would honestly I bl- respect that? I blocked that. him on Twitter. <laughs> I know the guy real well. I used to work with him at AccuWeather. He, just, he really... Listen, when I do... If, if you ever <laughs> listen kind of to funny. me, folks, or follow me, you see me all the time mention who I learned something from. Including, I mean, you know, I, I worked at AccuWeather. I didn't leave under the best of conditions. But Joel Myers, Elliot Abrams, Joe Sobel, John Cosette, Dan Kalowski, Ken Clark. These guys are all still heroes to me. And if I get something from them, one of the guys, he, he, hates, he hates me viciously. I mean, he's just, he, I, I, blo- I, I blocked the guy because people that lived out in California that said, do you want me to go over and, you know, Stop this guy. I'm like, what the heck's the matter with you? Let him talk. I don't really care. But I learned so much. I look back at it. It's kind of weird. If I had paid more attention to him, 
because we were always at each other's throats and map discussion. If I paid more attention to him, I probably would have saved 10 years of learning about stuff in the business. Guys, guys, and one of the crazy things about me is there are people who hate me that I like. Like, I, yeah, I can't help that the guy hates me, you know, or doesn't like me or whatever. But all I'm saying is I, you will find that I will always try to credit who I learned from. In fact, it's kind of um, it's kind of humbling to know that I that this this whole climate hypothesis now has been uh, is being revealed. Even through this, I mean, I needed the help of a lot of geologists that were feeding me information. But it's very humbling to know uh, that most of what you know is built off what someone else knew. And, and the big key is trying to put aside, trying to put aside your personal differences or whatever and harvest from them their good points. You know, I was listening to Billy Joel's channel, right? I was listening to Billy talk about, uh, I feel like I could call him Billy since he whipped me in a game of pool. <laughs> but, um, but I was listening to him talk about how he put together music. And he literally says, I took this off this. I took, like the song Uptown Girl was built around a Frankie Valley song, Ragdoll, but the opposite. Instead of the, the rich guy, and he's talking about Ragdoll, he goes, well, what if we turn that around, and the uptown girl's the real rich girl, and you get this mm-hmm. poor guy, the backstreet boy, like that. And, and, but it was interesting listening to him because every single thing he does, he will reference what, where he got it from and who did it from. I think a lot of great artists are like that. Yeah, there are. Well, Kanye's like that. And, and um, Springsteen says that too. He says, uh, both Billy Joel and Springsteen says, I feel like I'm a mechanic mm-hmm. and I got all these car parts sitting over here. I go, okay, well, let me put this one in and that one in. And I, I guess, you know, not that I'm Springsteen or uh, Billy Joel, <laughs> but um, even though I can sing better than Springsteen, as we all know, um, <laughs> I, I, I feel that way. I feel that in what I do, it is because. Of everybody that's come before me, not like oh well, this is a you know don't reference it at all. So somehow or the other you can uh, you know uh, make it seem like it's your original idea. I don't think there's a lot of original ideas left anymore. You know what I mean? I think it's all building. So uh, anyway, uh, I, I, both both the people the people I reference, I like all of them, but I blocked a co- I never block anybody preemptively. Do you know that? It's kind of weird. I, I think if you block someone preemptively, you have an ego. Out, like, like, out of, like I said, me stuff from Michael Mann. I didn't. I never was following Michael Mann, but I found out that when people sent me stuff, when I went to look at it, he had blocked me. I go, "What are you blocking me for? I'm not blocking you. I don't really care, right?" But if I get uh, get stuff from my, you know, I have this weather mafia, these guys I trust. <laughs> all right. You don't want to know, okay? <laughs> but if I if I find out people are literally uh, just abusing me or just hammering me or not telling the full story, I say, okay, well, you're not going to get to see it, or you'll go have to go over there and figure out what's going on. You know, it's a very very interesting thing because this whole Twitter thing and social media is essential for the advancement of knowledge, mm-hmm. and yet there seems to be a built-in anchor. Uh, of, uh, you know, just the guy that never has to actually confront somebody 
that um, that could just say whatever they want and do it. Oh, I, one more thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> just goofing around last night, I went on. I wanted to see what my net worth was. Okay. Right? So I get online, Job and Story Net Worth. And you know what it says? It probably says it like says, a lot of money. It says, I live in a mansion and drive lavish cars. Nice. Can I ask you a question, Jesse? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen me in a lavish car? Um, what, what is like a 2002 Pontiac? Is that, is that a beat-up <laughs> Pontiac? I, 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 <laughs> what I'm saying is there is so much stuff out there that's absolutely just out it's of not, control. You don't have Pontiac anymore, by the way. You've upgraded to what years? I have, I have what a years 2008 the Mercedes that cost me sixty five hundred dollars. Yeah, we don't a good get. see your lavish cars because they're hidden in the uh, back garage of your mansion. Exactly, You're you not never take them out. Any of us? <laughs> well, my wife and my daughter have always had good cars. It's kind of weird because um, uh, uh, just, uh, Garrett goes, "Dad, why can't I get this car?" This is when, because uh, Jesse had a Ford. Uh, what did you have? An Escape. Yeah. Yeah. It was but a, I took it from mom. Mom had it first, and I got yeah, it passed but down. Yeah. But I said, Gary, you always, always put the woman first. That's what my dad taught me. He said, your your wife, your daughters, they always get the best of everything, right? And so I guess if you want to uh, call it, but I don't remember the last time I bought I bought a new car for myself. Oh, yeah. I don't. I. I, it's, uh, <laughs> I inspired you. Uh, I got a fun new whip, and so. <laughs> and then. <laughs> it's it's crazy. There's a song by Bruce Springsteen called "Used Cars," mm-hmm. and in the he's talking about that they had to go down and buy a used car. And he says, uh, "Mister, when my ship comes in, I'm never going to buy a used car again." Well, that's not occurring with me. Uh, and I, so I'm reading this this thing about me, and it was actually some some interesting things that were right about my personality that I agreed with, including some bad things. <laughs> but but I was reading this and going, there's just so much crap from people that you have have never met, you're never going to meet, don't know what's in your heart, don't know what's driving you actually, and uh, uh, the whole like I said before. The whole social media thing, you know, Weatherbell, we're a small company. We don't have a marketing department, you know, and uh, we're exactly opposite of the big companies, mm-hmm. which are driven by media and marketing. Okay, yeah. uh, what 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 do they used to call? You know, if it if it if it bleeds, it sells or whatever it is. If it, I have no idea right? what you're talking if, about. Yeah. No, how, the way you get attention. If it smells, it sells. All right. Put something out that stinks, and people will naturally uh, go to it. Or if it, uh, I know, just haven't heard that saying before, but right. I understand you. So what happens is at Weatherbell, we don't have a marketing department. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting there go, well, how do we get our message out? Uh, and the only thing correctly. I have is winning. Is what winning? Getting the forecast right. That sells. Yeah, but, you and know, your Twitter. Uh, okay. Books. Let's take this winner. Let's take this winner. This was supposed to stop a half hour ago, but let's take this winner. If everybody now, all the big media companies, whether you're AccuWeather or the Weather Channel or whatever, mm-hmm. if you come up with everybody's paying attention to winter, right? If you come up with the same forecast that Joe Bastardi had six months ago, nobody knows Joe Bastardi had that. What, 3,000 subscribers, 5,000 subscribers? And I have, how many, I got 80,000 followers or whatever on Twitter, 
All right. You go to Jim Cantori, who I, I like and is a good guy. He's got millions of followers on Twitter. So if Jim says something now, I'm not ripping on you, Jim, if you listen to this. If Jim says something now, people go, oh, Cantori is saying it, right? But it could be the same forecast that was out six or eight months ago, right? And, uh, again, that circles back to uh, the, the sad realization that I am actually doing it to impress people rather than what God may say. So I get, I always come back to the spiritual thing that do you actually, uh, that's why I used to tell McCutcheon when I trained him, I said, you know, who are you and what do you really believe? And so when you, when you say, um, when you say, well, I'm a child of the most mighty God, well, do you really believe it? Do you act that way? And the interesting thing about what I do for a living is it constantly tests me as to whether I do or not. All right. So now that uh, whoever's left is asleep, <laughs> I might as well get ready to sign this off. All right. By the way, if I could have wrestled the way I talk, oh, I, mean, yeah. I, Look out. I would have been a four-timer. Mm. I would have been 160, you know. <laughs> you would have been a first five-timer with your COVID year. <laughs> All right, so you guys want to sign off, and then I'll sign this off. Absolutely. Go State, beat the Buckeyes. We'll talk Mm -hmm. to you next week. Buckeyes! Uh, Jesse, you want to sign off? Bye. All right, well, this is the American Storm Joe Bistardi, and we had a very stormy session tonight because I am the Frank Costanza of uh, meteorology (laughs) also. I've got grievances against all of you, and you're going to hear about it, even if I love you. And I want you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got.